0: Welcome back to the Mel K Show. This, the year would not start right for me if I did not find out what my guest today has to say. Thank you for joining me, Tom Luongo.
1: Uh, thank you, Mel. I'm um, and uh, appreciate uh, the uh, your forbearance in getting the scheduling right and everything else so that oh. uh, you could you know, accommodate.
0: Well, that's my, my pleasure because there's few people out there who I have done shows with over the years that uh, pretty much nail a lot of things way before they happen. You're good at seeing patterns and what's really going on and discerning between the the nonsense and what people should be looking at. So as you look at the, uh, I keep saying to people, I feel like the, the shot went off on January 1st and the horses ran in all different directions. And so I'm saying, <laughs> Tom, tell me where we are in terms of what you think are the, uh focal points of what people that are actually looking for uh an idea of what is happening on planet earth should be looking at
1: well i'm gonna gonna tell you mel i'm just as confused as you are (laughs) no I, i i i say that only half tongue in cheek um it's very clear that like we're all worried about the great reset and the great awakening and the great, it's the great acceleration, right? And that's what we're into right now, right? And it's this moment in time where it's very clear that we only have, that everybody who has an agenda has feeling the time crunch. And, you know, we thought that that time crunch would be in 2023, right? Really did. I think we, you and I probably did a show at the beginning of last year, saying yeah. these very same things. But it's—I think it's more obvious now. And I had to just do like a whole apologia on my predictions for 2023, for my 2024 predictions. Going, well, I got three out of ten right, you know, um, and 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 y'all think that I'm really good at this, and I still only got three out of ten right. Well, that's right? better than most. So what's well, maybe maybe not. Like the ones I got right, I think were some of them were just. Too, they were just calls that were too early. Um, let's talk about, you know, so when we where when I'm trying to, to discern right now is, you know, what's the major theme for this quarter, right. right? For the first quarter of Q1, what's the major theme? Well, clearly is the Fed going to pivot on interest rates? Are they going to cut, start cutting rates in March? Like every doomer on the zero hedge side of the board and every euro dollar addicted, um globalist desperately needs right you have everybody who you have the guys who want to be right and you have the guys who need to survive and then there are the people in the middle going yeah but powell doesn't need to do anything just let it just let the world break right there's nothing wrong with letting the world break a little bit and you know that would be a good thing because the world we've created is fundamentally broken actually that would that's a bad way of putting it why wait for you're not talking about something breaking the, right. the world is broken. We're looking for signs of things are repairing themselves.
0: Exactly. And so that is such a good what way to you
1: feel, it. right. And so what so much we're feeling is this worry that, okay, there's things changing. Well, some of those things are improving and other things are that we're used to that were never good are breaking. So it's like, you know, it's like, you know. It's like living in, you know, like I've been living in a terrible house that's falling apart, and that's continuing to break more. But there's, but somebody just built a new place right next door that I could move into if I only had the freaking strength to get up off my ass and walk over there and move into that thing, right? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to come up with a metaphor on the fly for this, but no, it's, I get it. Which I'm kind of kind of failing. I don't not crazy about that metaphor, but you know, run with it, folks. Like work with me here. Yeah. So. You know, I'm only the writer. I'm supposed to come up with these things, right? So, um, like, we have that theme, right? That the Fed is in the in the process of, they've done the easy, they've had the easy time of it. Like, let's raise rates to 5.5% and wait to see what breaks. And then it's the crunch time of the uh, election year in the United States where everybody and their brother will be, like, screaming at them to cut rates as early as possible for their own survival, right? Right. Well, but the problem with that is the Fed has to um, sacrifice its own survival in order to do this. And it's just spent the last two years asserting its sovereignty. So why would you expect them to, you know, again, at the end of the day, take your ego out of it, take your take all of that out of it and say, you know, this is what's going on. So do I think the Fed's going to cut in March if something breaks? Yes. And that what what has to break? A major money center bank has to go.
0: Pfft. Yeah,
1: nothing else. We'll move. We'll move Powell at this point. Powell is in control of the rates. The the uh, the the FOMC members are in control of their dots. Right. So exactly. while the Fed yeah. didn't pivot in in December, the dot plot pivoted, and the dot plot is well spurious at best because these people never get anything right anyway because they're what central bank central planners and central planners never get anything right so right. why should we care about what the dot plot is we're trying well, what do you to make
0: of establish- a lot a lot of people are talking about what happened this week with bitcoin and um mm-hmm. the sec and all of that do you see that how do you see that because I, I look at the central bankers that, that they don't want bitcoin but now now people are very confused
1: depends on the depends on the central banker which central banker you're talking about the european central bank no, the IMF. No, who are they work for? Davos. Do they want that? No, they want central bank digital currencies. They want their own thing. The Fed. The Fed doesn't care. Powell's multiple times said, "I don't care about Bitcoin." Well, at the same, on the same breath, I, I I I continue to see a lot of circumstantial evidence, and it's circumstantial. I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna lie here or anything, but I keep seeing stuff that tells me. That Bitcoin is rapidly becoming, or I would say rapidly becoming, but but slowly but surely becoming a form of collateral to undermine to undergird not undermine but undergird the repo the repo markets here domestically, and that's part of the reason why Wall Street wanted in and wanted and wanted the on chain settled spot ETFs. Gary Gensler, the Dabogian troll that he is, who works alongside Janet Yellen to undermine this country, you know. Want you know, de- delayed and deferred and did all everything he could until he finally got what he wanted, which is that no, we're not going to settle on chain, we're going to have an we're going to have a financial intermediary. That intermediary is going to be well, JP Morgan for some of the ETFs and Goldman Sachs for others. And what and at the end of the day, I'm I'm like I'm laughing because now Jamie Dimon sits as the intermediary on the three most important assets in you know, paper assets in the world, right? The, the gold, silver, and Bitcoin, which are all collateral. Now, you know, thinking back to some of the stuff that Vince LaNchi and I talked about on my podcast back in the fall about the end of the the, the, the but the United States putting soft capital controls on all bearer assets like gold, silver, and Bitcoin, and in in another way, reducing the um, the leverage and the rehypothecation potential for U.S. Treasuries to be used as as collateral. Um, which is this new rules coming for that from that as well, that you look at all of these core assets that undergird the, the the U.S. financial system, and they're all getting they're all getting tightened up. So the COMEX is slowly but surely being drained of all of its gold and silver, and it's no longer being and that gold and silver is no longer being allowed to just willy nilly be bought by Chinese speculators and then sent over to uh, to, to Shanghai. Um, that means what's gonna happen? The COMEX is eventually gonna go away. The same way the Eurodollar futures contract went away and was replaced okay. by SOFR, GLD and SLV will most likely become the trusted intermediaries wow. for, we'll be able to speculate on gold and silver in the markets through them, but if we actually wanna move gold and silver, you know, of any tonnage from, e- from west to east, it'll have to go through trusted intermediaries of the federal government. It'll be a soft capital control on those. Well, I got news for you. The ETFs are going to perform the exact same function because we understand the strategic value of all of these assets as physical objects, or in the case of uh, Bitcoin, digital physical assets, right. because it is a physical asset in that respect. So this is a it's a it's a subtle point it's a forward it's a forward-looking point but it's very clear what's happening because it's happening overseas so it has to happen over here right.
0: yeah yeah so. you all along were also talking about watching japan and mm-hmm. uh and a lot is going on in japan with not much um no one really talking about it or looking at japan at this point but uh, i mm-hmm. have because since you said that i do watch it it looks like they're uh it's in chaos their financial system. What what is happening there?
1: Uh, I don't know that it's chaos. I think it's exactly what we would expect. I'm gonna sit here and pull up while well, I'm sitting here talking to you. I'm gonna pull up all the 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 yen is at 145, about what I expected. The Japanese ten years sitting there sitting somewhere around sixty basis points, which is actually better than anybody would have thought at this point. And the Nikkei is making new all time highs, right? Um, which is also what exactly what I expected. Yeah. So what does that say rotation- for us? It's there's not. There's It's what. It's actually not for us at all. It's about Europe. It's about the unwinding of euro yen carry trades, and it's about the about the end of the um about the Japan's yield curve control will eventually put the ECB behind the eight ball because they're going to have to end their yield curve control at some point because. Oil price and this is come this now gets back and now gets into geopolitics, which is right. why are the Houthis you know shutting down the Suez Canal and the Gulf of Aden and you know and and all the rest of it. Demand for oil relative to supply is still very strong. We have screwed with the price of Brent crude as the global benchmark in oil prices for a long time. The oil forms the collateral basis for almost all um, global GDP. Um, right. When you talk to Alex Craner later today. Alex is going to make this point over and over and over again, right? So, because that's Alex taught it to me. Oh wow! I'm okay. giving credit where because I'm giving credit where credit is due. Just, <laughs> Alex is a good friend of mine. He always deserves all the all the kudos you can one can give him. Um, so, with that in mind, um, Europe and Japan are both energy importers that need to keep inflation under control. And so at the end of the day, they can either allow their bond yields to rise in order to get positive real yield for investors to stay invested locally, or they can, you know, and, and or strengthen their currency, or they can go out and, you know, try and keep the price of oil under control by strengthening the currency. You can do one or the other. You can either allow the bond yields to rise in order to offset inflation, or you can strengthen the currency to keep global um, inflation under control because, you know, while the price of oil may be breaking out in dollars, right? If the yen is strengthening, then the local price of oil has dropped. And right. so this is the game that's been played now for well over a year, certainly with Europe by trying to keep the euro as high as possible, right. but not break anything. And while at the same time trying to cap yields on their bonds, which is also insane. And they're only able to do that because, you know, the, J- the Bank of Japan is beginning to exit their three-decade um, policy which they have to do and they're getting help they're getting a lot of help from the Treasury secretary of the United States Jack Yellen, right. who's yeah. in the tank for them so it's like it's a it's a jumble of everything and what happened actually in 2023 that was probably the most significant thing was that it wasn't the exchange rate of the euro that got killed and that's where I got my my, my prediction for 2023 wrong it was the share of the euro as a global trade settlement currency that collapsed so okay, we didn't yeah. have de-dollarization in 2023 we had the beginnings of it but what we really had was the de-euroization of the world and that's your harbinger at the next stage of this is probably i'm going to i'm going to wind up being right about this in either 2024 or 2025 right. that the euro is going to collapse because we because it's lost its ability as a flow asset right to settle trade around the world and yeah you've been saying that
0: yeah i mean I, I heard that from you uh a long time ago about the Euro being the first one that would probably be break. Right. But um now, as we both know, a lot of people didn't think that uh Saudi Arabia and the other countries were going to join BRICS, but they did on the first. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, plays into that as well. So you talked sure. about de dollarization. Ah, uh, it does look like not only did Saudi Arabia join um, and multiple other countries, but that they're starting to even change their tune about America. A lot of people were freaked out. I wasn't, but uh, when you saw the prince and uh, and basically Putin high five on the street in front of everyone on purpose, because we know that it's all by design. So, what are your thoughts on Saudi Arabia now, and and the petrodollar and and all of that?
1: Nothing. Yeah, nothing has really changed, Mel. I I've, I saw this coming years ago. Uh, when you know when Mohammed bin Salman's dad, King Salman, went to Moscow and sat down in like 2015 with Putin or 2016 with Putin, like the writing was on the wall seven years ago. The question was when what was going to be the catalyst to finally get the Saudi Arabians to stop, um, to you know, to stop having, stop being a man with a feet with a foot on two different islands and those islands are moving away from each other yeah. and having to make a decision which island you're going to step onto, right? Um so in this in this case, they have made their choice. Yeah, they made their choice very clear after Trump was not allowed to be reelected. Yeah and um, just about the best way I can put it. or yeah, Biden was selected selected to be our, our president. They understood at that point what that meant. It meant then that um that Biden was going to throw them under the bus. Because well, and the sanctions. Obama threw them under the bus, and you know, and that's this the way that's going to be. So, I mean, remember, then we go back to like LeFevre Khashoggi and the killing of Khashoggi, right. and how that was trying to be blamed on MBS and blah blah blah. Like, there's all this stuff. We'd have we could do an entire show on the last seven years of U.S. Saudi relations in order to get us to this point. But prima facie evidence is that when we put the shock and loss sanctions on Russia in February, March of 2022, the Saudi Arabians went. That's nice. Yeah. And didn't do a thing about it. And then sort of take an oil in yuan from the Chinese. Right. Now, they haven't broken the peg to the dollar yet. But, again, one of those things I predicted for 2023 that will likely happen in 2024. But I've been trying, I've been trying to make that prediction for a couple of years now. So, after a while, you have to kind of go, yep, yeah, okay, it's going to happen at its own time. Right. And the, the point is not to not to talk about when it's going to happen, but the fact that it is going to happen. And I think that's really the bigger, um, the 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 thing that I'm, I'm I try to, yeah, identify here. These are the emergent themes of what's happening in geopolitics. Yeah, uh, here's some predictions, and we'll see if I'm right or wrong.
0: Right. Yeah, I get it, and uh, and you know, but things aren't normal. So even if you're predicting things, the the unknown factor that we have in the world today is is insane because yes. nobody put in that the uh, U.S. was going to attack. Uh, you know, the Yemen. Uh, You know what's going on in Yemen with the Houthis. And and meanwhile, right when uh, Biden came in, he took them off the terror list and and it kind of was making some kind of peace with them. And now all of a sudden this is happening. And I'm not surprised at all because I feel like they're trying to create chaos all over the world. But now you're seeing the same people, uh, you know, Tlaib and all these people coming out and saying you shouldn't have done that and this and that. And to me, I feel like all these wars are being funded by by the same people, by the both sides. I feel like they all benefit the global billionaire oligarchy that have captured most of the world including, I believe, our nation, to a certain extent, and that Absolutely. this is kind of the end of the beginning for them. Because I I, I don't see, because I feel like they're going to start the rhetoric about Taiwan upcoming. It'll seem similar to Ukraine upcoming. Mm-hmm. I, I just feel like they want wars all over the world at, by any means necessary, because nobody's talking about peace. In 2024, <laughs> that you think the end game of everything, everything in the world, according to it seems, NATO and our nation is war. It, it seems very outdated.
1: Well, yes. And the short answer to that is, yes. The question is, who's actually doing the pushing? Right. And I'm going to make, and and I'm going to like, I'm going to, I'm going to prep you for when Alex comes on in a a minute and I'm going to say all roads lead to London. Okay. And because it's very, very clear that you can see who the agitators are at this moment in time and who's, who is, Pushing the buttons and activating various people around the world and trying to get it. the goal here right now by all these European actors, these European oligarchs that, that believe they're going to take over the world and, you know, forces on the CBDCs and eat bugs and live in pods and all the rest of it. They know they can't pull this off if the United States remains sovereign, if the United States bond market is not broken. Because you break the US bond market and now all of a sudden you break the existing global financial system and how you can truly build it back better. So when you start thinking about it in those terms, then it's clear that no war that the United States would get into would be good for the United States. It doesn't serve our interests at all. So then you're asking yourself, well, why are we doing it? Ooh, maybe it's because we have traitors running the freaking show. Maybe we've been actually sold down the river by Obama and company, going all the way back to two thousand and eight, and before that, the Kissinger, Brzezinski block, and the rest of them. And then we can go. We can take this thing all the way back to freaking Churchill if we really want to. And I know. Wilson yeah. and, and, and World War One if we really want to. Right? We can go back, and we can go back, and we can go back. So the important thing to to everybody to realize is that yeah everybody wants war and guess who controls our media and guess who controls the state department and guess who controls the the, the spocks and all the people who make all, money all from ti- war and, and like at the end of the day it's all the same people uh, british foreign policy is taught lock stock and two smoking barrels over at west point all the way to the the to the the, the conservative think, think, think tanks on K Street, right. all the way down the line. It's all the same stuff over and over and over again. And then you see, well, what do you see? You see the Brits literally now wanting to create a security architecture directly with Ukraine, you know, bilateral security architecture with Ukraine, with the British. Like, what are they going to do to secure Ukraine's future without getting the United States and the rest of NATO to back them? Nothing. You have these little attack dogs going around the world, stirring up, stirring up shit, right? Now, here's the big one. Who's the real target? The real target is us. I know it. But how do you get us involved in the war? Well, you've got to get Putin to go off half cocked. You've got to undermine Putin's support at home to get him to do something that we can then blame on him as being beyond the pale. Right. And, that, and since the beginning of this war, if you look at every major incident that has been turned into some kind of media story, Bucha, Mariupol, this, that, the 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 the, the nuclear power plant, blah blah. I mean, we've been intre- we've been entertained with the idea that the Russians were willing to bomb their own pipelines I know it. into Europe. It's crazy that the Russians would bomb their own troops securing the Zaporizhian nuclear power plant.
0: I, I mean, it's insane. And and the, the craziest kind of, part, part to is me, the too. Kind of Go ahead. That has been the, created but Putin's is not going to put not Putin is not going to do it. But I do believe that they and and, you know, just this past but, week. Putin and Xi re, re you know, they keep they keep making declarations that they are one in the same. And again, between the two of them, they have well over three million uh, active duty troops. And yet right. our people keep pushing. And now I'm hearing the rhetoric already. We don't. First of all, this whole thing that happened with Secretary Austin is completely insane. Mm-hmm. And then you're wondering who's running the military, which takes us back to what you're saying. But at the same time, they're going to start the rhetoric about Taiwan. And the bottom line is we don't have the troops to even do
1: it and that would be a yeah i I think i i think taiwan yeah i know that they you know if they have to push off of of ukraine and they need to figure out something they desperately want a war somewhere right and and i don't care where they get it and the Putin's going to be the target i I, I go back to my original comment because what are we thinking about for q1 russian elections are in the middle of march okay like between now and then Ukraine is going to hot up to the point where the embarrassment for Putin is going to reach a level that he will he may not be able to ignore, is the goal. And this is absolutely, in the historical record, who does this over and over and over again? Who pokes the freaking bear over and over? It's the freaking Brits every yeah. friggin' time. And guess who's now been asked, to to, to to have their back. We did it. We just did it the other day in Yemen off the, you know, in the Gulf of Aden Yep. and yesterday and with these airstrikes. And guess what? You know, the Brits sent four typhoons and we sent, you know, 60 Tomahawks. Like it's nice that they actually took, you know, credit for some of this stuff. But, you know, like I was watching Clayton Morris this morning. And I don't normally do that. I mean, there's, there's a good segment where one where a guy on the ground in Poland was trying to explain what was going on with these two Polish former MPs that were imprisoned by Donald Tusk. Now, Donald Tusk is somebody I have absolutely zero respect for. And it's clear that the Polish people have been put into a, a Hobson's choice of choosing between Kaiser Sose and the devil himself, right? Like, I, I you know, who's the same person, right? right. So, or Kaiser Sose and I don't know, the Joker, right? right? So, but here's the gig these guys are. You know they're they're classic British controlled neoconservatives, like Nikki Haley exactly. or Lindsey Graham or whomever, and they were, you know, and they need to be removed from Polish politics. But they're being used as a as a a, a cause salib to in order to, you know, overthrow Tusk government. Well, I, now, as far as I'm concerned, that's fine. But as far as I'm concerned, both of these groups, both Law and Justice, PIS. And Donald Tusk's, you know, EU party, right. government, they're, you know, pox on both their houses. They're both terrible for the Polish people. Yes. And so this is this moment where the Poles, if they're smart, they'll throw off all of this. And, and what's happening now in Poland is a classic kind of Polish, kind of British color revolution. Yep. Now, at the same time, it's more complicated nuance on the ground because it's not like the Polish people don't know that they're being triangulated against between by the by the Brits and the Germans on one side and the Russians on the other I mean, they're they're, they're kind of used to this
0: yes they are right? if
1: anybody if any group of people on this planet understands being manipulated by multiple outside sources at the same time it's the pol- and be sensitive to it and know how to counter it, it would be the poles and so i can only hope that that this resolves itself at you know, in some kind of third way yeah. and i don't know what that looks like i have oh, no yeah
0: we hope that about. it's the people that that kind of figure it yeah. out as we hope that it is here because obviously what you're talking about too um is uh this whole model that they had after they broke up the the soviet union and th- put all these pl- uh, you know this whole european union uh, plan and everything that's going on I believe that's actually what they want to happen in America is that they want to make us so chaotic that we split up into big chunks. And then once uh, uh, right now, as I see it, the EU individual nations in the EU do not have sovereignty right now and they do not have a say (laughs) and everything. And that is what I believe that they want here. So what are you what is your take? Domestically, uh, because that we are getting hit from all sides. But that stuff at the border. Then yesterday, the State Department, run by who knows who, because Austin's in the hospital, as far as I hear, and and uh, we don't know what's happening there. But
1: um, well, it- what you're which is Mel, I'll I'll make it go short ahead, and sweet for you. Ready? Yeah. Ready? Um, we're starting to see pushback at the federal. Uh, at the state level. This is exactly what we're seeing. Texas turned around and right. seized the federal land on the border. The Florida Surgeon General declared the uh, vaccines you know harmful yeah and like no they're not to be sold here in the you know, not to be sold here in the great state of Florida right um what you're seeing is soft secession levels of and and that's a good thing what we're seeing is the return of federalism right? And this is why they have worked so hard over the course of the last 70 years to strengthen the federal government to enslave the states. It's why they've worked so hard by, by giving them strings monetarily that they can't avoid, right? Well, I got news for you. It's the same thing they're doing to, like, Hungary and Poland over in the year. Right. It's the same model. Yes. Right. We same take people. all your money and then it's we and same. then we and then we put attached strings and give it back to you and tell you you have to act this way in order to get your own money back. that We stole from you. Exactly. These people never offer you back any, any. They never offer you back their capital. They always offer you back your capital after they've taken a 10 percent vig and said, you know, oh, you can have 90 percent of your money back that we stole from you. Uh, how about no? And you're not taking our money in the first place. So what we're seeing in Canada, for example, um, Danielle Smith and Scott Moe saying, you know what, we're just not going to collect the carbon taxes. Right, and we're not going to send them to Ottawa. Oh no! By the way, if you if you keep it up, we're not going to send any taxes back to 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 Ottawa since we're the ones that fund Ottawa. Yeah, like, like having talked to Western Canadians about this, it's like Alberta, Saskatchewan, British Columbia. They they're the ones that make all the freaking money for Canada, and then all that money goes to Ottawa and 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 Toronto, and then they use it to enslave everybody else. Well, does that right. sound familiar? Yes,
0: yes it does. Yes, it does. You know, yeah. So. Yeah, it does. And, and at um, the same time, though, but I, I mean, I feel like these people want us. So oh, that's interesting that you say that, too, because the the propaganda side of it with the pushing of the blue states versus the red states and all of that, sure. you know, um, but but it do, they do want the I mean, I think these people want that because then it's easier to destroy us if we're all in pieces over here, which I don't believe it'll get to that point. But it'll certainly get to a point where people that live in blue states, I think, look at red states and are like, why isn't our state like that and start to actually hopefully make changes from within? We'll see what happens i don't think that the numbers of people that are supporting anything on the first of all i don't even think the left is the left as you know i think it's captured totally captured but i I don't think there's a majority of people that back all this stuff frankly i think at this point left of center right of center probably 15 percent on each side uh know that everything's broken they don't believe in Mm -hmm. the government at all and they want a solution, but we're going into 2024, so you kind of have to pick a lane just to participate. But most people well, would rather not. It's like people are holding their nose to just pick which side when they don't believe in either anymore, which is an interesting well, they, place
1: to be. Yeah, well, you know, if you, if you start handicapping the uh, presidential election at this point, the, the choices that are in front of us are, the way I put it the other day, we have um, we have Dementia Hitler. We have Orange Jesus. We have the Waffle House Waitress. Yeah. we have the lizard guy and we have h1b obama um and then we have big mike yeah and I believe it um, will be, you yeah. Know, and then rfk who's probably the only normal one of the bunch and you know they've all been cast into these roles yeah. of, uh, of of you know and we're supposed to pick between these people like this is the best we can come up with right like you know and it, it's it's this is the this is the the the, the part that but again, this is all part of the psyop of demoralizing us about our future of our own country and our exactly. own society. At the exactly. end of the day, it's all gaslighting. Like I'm sorry, I'm gonna I'm going out and I'm gonna go out on another another one of my limbs here, and I'm gonna this lay, lay it out. Stop listening about the great taking. While David Webb's book may be meticulously researched and maybe be absolutely he may be a, the, the most beautifully uh, awake honest broker on the planet it's going to be it's it's being purposefully amplified like MGTOW Star Wars fans in order to destroy something that's opposite opposite to them Star Wars is a cultural touchstone for an entire generation of young of men the men who could actually overthrow these people the men of Gen X my generation So why I'm so hot on this point. I've been hot on this point for years. Well, in the same time, what is the great taking doing? It's not popularizing the stuff that Jim Sinclair and company were were, were, were telling us all about back in 2008, 2013. Yeah. Every time a major crisis came up, we were like screaming, get out of the system. These people are going to steal all your money. And they didn't do it then. Right Now, I'm not saying that they're not going to try it this time. What I'm saying is that if you buy into this and then you turn around and you panic and you take 90% of your assets across the board out of the financial system, whose banks do that hurt? Europe's banks? China's banks? No. It's purposefully being talked about as an American problem. Just that the bail-in legislations of this type and, or, and abrogation of contract law have been written into everything. Across the world, at this all this legislation was written in the EU first, and oh, then wow. it was exported over here. Like the Europeans already know they can't keep they can't trust their money. We already they already know that their banks will steal all their money if necessary. Yes, okay. They've rewritten the definition of secured versus unsecured creditor. The question is, how much of a probability do you put on this? And if you have secured assets that are outside of the financial system, your home, your car, your whatever. And even if you you know, and you got debt against it, what did we see in 2008, 2009? Right. Jingle mail. We yep. saw hundreds of thousands of people say, I can't afford, I'm not paying on this note anymore. I can't pay. Right. Here's the keys to the house. Come and evict me when you want. And people lived in their homes for two years. Four years, a some people. people. A lot of people had their, had their mortgages renegotiated. Right. The bank couldn't afford to write down the asset to try and resell it into a market that they, I mean, there's so much here. And then you've got the sheriffs who would have to come and pull these people out of their homes and put them on the streets. And like, at the end of the day, I'm telling you, there's, there's too much to do to make this happen. Yes. Can we can, will they will they make a couple of examples to gaslight us on freaking Twitter and TikTok? Right, and exactly. Show, and show those over and over again? Of course. Will that anger a lot of people? Of course it will. Will it actually materially change anything? No, when they're doing that, they're scared of you because all you have to do is say, you know what? No, not paying it. Yeah. What are you going to do about it? Right. Because when you owe the bank $1,000, it's your problem. When we collectively owe the banks Fifty or sixty billion dollars, or in this case, five hundred billion dollars, and we all say, "You know what? We're not paying on our mortgages." It's their problem because you, because you want to steal us, Do you want to steal our homes from us. Go right ahead; it's all yours. Take it, take it. Go ahead, throw me out in the street. Good luck with that. Yeah. You're gonna be throwing your own employees out in the street. You're gonna be throwing the cops out. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like,
0: uh, and again, it goes to who they are. The, they, the, they, they uh, don't seem to really care about anything at this point that has anything to do with America except for us getting out of the way, you know, that that uh, I wanted to honestly uh, also ask your opinion on something else, because there's people I'm not that big on Twitter, but I, I look when I look and I'll tell you that um, I've seen videos going around like just ignore the, the Davos people and just ignore these people. They have no authority. They have no power. And I don't believe that that. To be- <laughs> Though so I believe that they're losing their their bid for the great reset and, and a lot of sure. their plans. I still think that they are not to be ignored. And I'll tell you one of thing course. that I I wanted to ask you about. So the, I'm I'm doing a, a, all week live from uh, Davos with Norbin Laden. and she's on the ground there and we're gonna nice, nice.
1: and going good to Nice. Nice. Nor's are going to
0: all the stuff and uh but I have to tell you, it is pretty disturbing the people that at this point in time right now are going over there as our representatives, because it's Samantha Power, Blinken, Newland, Sullivan and Chris Ray are leaving America. Oh, and of course, Kerry and Gore there to go to Davos, where Tom, one of the first panels is what to do about America. Yes. So. To me, I, I just think they're. I'm telling tell you, Mel.
1: Like their 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 right. whole thing doesn't work if we survive. So this is why I'm like, guys, everybody take a pill. They're trying to gaslight you into civil war. They're trying to gaslight you into taking your money out of the financial system. They're trying to they're trying to gaslight you into everything imaginable. And the more they gaslight you, it's just like the Ukrainians shooting cluster munitions into Belgorod. It's a purposeful needling it's a purposeful attack on you it's just some it's it's no different than a guy standing on the playground when you're nine years old and walking up to you and going i'm not touching you i'm not touching you i'm not touching you that's all it is that's who they are ignore them now what do you make
0: of these particular people why is chris ray going to davos (laughs) I mean, sh- shouldn't what, we have did, an explanation? Why is Chris a, a, going to Davos
1: to get his frigging gold watch, Mel? Can Come you believe it?
0: Right in our faces, people are awake right. to it. It is, sh- it is shocking to me the arrogance. And everyone knows. I mean, that watches me probably. Samantha Power is the queen of the color revolution. Uh, Responsibilities to protect and running the money bags for buying, uh, you know, governments what? and regime change at USAID, and she's going there and giving a speech. I know. Samantha so like Power so is like, one of the
1: aside from aside from everything else, aside from her, you know, her ruthlessness. She's one of the dumbest people in power I've ever seen. I mean, she makes Jenny Ellen look like a friggin' Rhodes Scholar. I was, uh, not even that Rhodes Scholars or Rhodes Scholars anymore. She not a good thing either. Um, you know, yeah, and I'm then not, her like, husband, Castonstein, on on another
0: one. And, and they're yeah, both well, well, they're both in that group that that group of uh, basically of you know, out
1: of touch of yeah. out of touch old moldy old commies they are just communists it's really not that hard and they they've been they've been placed in these positions of power they're terrible people and at the end of the day if we just keep saying no the whole thing will just collapse and under the weight of it because they're cute and all but you should ask yourself the bigger question they really are i mean they're kind of cute at this well, point because we can see at them. least
0: comedy it's at least oh, yeah, comedy that's what i mean they you know
1: they they're they're they their grand pontifications about how we don't really need that many people right. and we need to get rid of them all like and, oh but we're not against you exactly okay. like i mean if you sat I, down I, I, and wrote I, a
0: couple of sk- sketches they would be hilarious
1: yeah exactly if they weren't so un- if they weren't so so ghoulish i'd actually accuse them of doing stand up comedy right <laughs> so the bigger thing is not to listen to any of these people. The bigger question is to listen to who goes to Davos, who you know is actually on against them. And so, like last year, I, I keep bringing this up, last year, Jamie Dimon, yeah. bless his Black Greek heart, goes to Davos, gets on CNBC, With the seat, you know, on the shot, on the having the interview in the cold with the parka on, you know, with the down, the the down jacket, the ski, the ski slopes in the background, and he just says, "Everybody better get used to the idea of higher interest rates for longer, and that oil is going to be with us for the next fifty years." And he says this at Davos. This is the equivalent of the man whipping out his Johnson and peeing on the carpet. Exactly. And, everybody, and you know, and I have to, and I, I said, sadly, I have to sit here and go, okay, diamond's not perfect. He's probably, and he's got all sorts of weird, sketchy things in JP Morgan's history. I don't, whatever. No one, no one hears a white hat, right. but when he does that and you're going to sit there and go, oh, well, that's just a smoke screen. Like, no, no. it's not a smoke screen. I, I you know and I I I'm trying not to be mean and dismissive. Yeah. But you cannot just trace connections between people that happened 15 or 20 years ago and then expect those things to bear fruit continue to bear fruit today. If yeah. you continue to see relationships between these people today that were born 20 years ago, that's well, a different story. Right. So when you trace the you know, when you trace the Clintons for example, with Epstein, you get a very, very clear picture. Yes. When you trace Jamie diamond on the other hand, or Donald Trump, on the other hand, you get a much different picture. And painting them all with the same brush, right. because you know we're all just going to spurge out here, right? Is just stupid, right. and it's unnuanced, and it's and it's honestly, it's it's a little amateurish.
0: Yeah, I it's just like had this conversation to, like with somebody, to, to
1: the geopolitical analysts who think that Putin works is working with the Germany. <laughs> To undermine Italy. And I'm like.
0: No, but I just had this conversation with somebody. I was on a show and they said, well, if they were ever a part of the Young Global Leaders, then I don't trust them. And I said, well, there was a time when they were graduating from grad school and all of that. And and the Young Global Leader program came knocking at the door and they thought wow, you know, they really like me. They want me there. People change over time. And if they were a member sure. of that group 20 years ago, they might right now be the exact opposite. But thinking sure. that everyone that has ever gone through there is a bad person. Because you and I know when you're young, 26, 27, you're in that world. People are courting you. They're inviting you to events. They're sure. inviting you to Davos. Well, guess what? A lot of people until maybe the last five years would have felt it was an honor to be invited. Sure. You know, Absolutely. so to think that these people are all on their side because they were they felt that oh wow you know I've just gotten my uh, poison ivy league uh, you know PhD from the Kennedy School and now Davos is inviting me you feel like wow they want me there they want they want to know what I it, – it's a prestige well, thing
1: again again they they sound you out to see who you are and you might go once or twice and then you never get invited back. Exactly. But, you know, now you're, you're on the website forever because they can use it against you like the Scarlet Letter.
0: That is um, what happened, I think. Because
1: everybody now becomes Hester Prynne. Um, classic example of of, of this is my, my argument about Tucker Carlson. Right, I look at Tucker Carlson and I can look at that guy and I can say, born in the money, you know, son of blah, 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 blah. Came, right. You know, steeped in Washington culture, steeped yes. in normie Washington culture. But again, he's also in his 50s. So Washington culture 50 years ago or 40 years ago is much different than it is today. So Carlson goes through a a, yep. you know, an evolution as a person, a public persona. Yep. And that and and not all of those iterations of Tucker Carlson are good, if not downright shameful but i'm you know at the end of the day i i don't sit here and go well you know i you know at the end of the day i'm not like the world's most christian person or anything but at the end of the day you still have to like think you know maybe life experience teaches people stuff and they you know get an opportunity to think yeah. things through and maybe i don't know reassess their their position in life so we go from we go from you know bow tie wearing george will wannabe to yeah whatever he was when he was on CNN, and I, I lost track of him, to the guy who spent a week in the back of a limousine with Ron Paul during the 2008 uh, presidential yeah. campaign. Everybody else said, no, I'm not touching this guy with the 10-foot cattle prod, but Tucker Carlson shows some strength, goes in there. And then all of a sudden, after spending a week with Ron Paul in the back of a limousine, everything about Tucker Carlson began to change. Yeah.
0: We inter, I we interviewed and, you know, and, him for something and, and, like, and that's true. And, we are. and
1: now, and here we are today.
0: It's it did change, and he admits that it changes. We have a, a project we were involved in that we we interviewed. First of all, he's super cool as a person, and he comes out mm. like, "Hey, what's happening with his flip flops and his <laughs> Right. and his hair?" And he's laughing and right. he's funny and everything. But I could tell when when I was in that situation with him, he's deeply disturbed by what is going on in america and the world and 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 he is also he is like you said like you have a daughter too he is concerned with his children and his grandchildren and he loves his family and he loves his wife and when he's speaking what what i was taking from it actually being there was seeing somebody that whatever he can do to make sure that his kids have a decent future which he sees Mm -hmm. on as the stakes of right now he's going to do. And that's what I think is happening. And I think what happened him being fired from Fox news was the best thing that could happen to him and to everyone else.
1: (laughs) I, Oh, I agree completely. And you know, don't ever forget that these, that this guy had Antifa dox him and send people to his home and had to, have to move out of Washington and attack his children and everything else. Like if that doesn't change a man, like nothing is right, and, and that's you, what I say about Trump I have to fight patrons who literally think he's a limited hangout. And I'm like, oh, did you just learn that word last week? Because you're using it everywhere, just like everybody else I is now. I keep seeing
0: it. Right, me too. Everywhere yeah, now, now,
1: everybody's a limited hangout. Guides, everybody's this.
0: But I think what you're saying as a man of I your, get, right, I get like, accused you do of this, this, Mel. You do.
1: <laughs> yeah, I get accused of this. Like I can't be more blunt. I can't do more self sabotage. My own brand, in order to limit my growth on purpose, to to prove my authenticity as flawed as it may be, and yet the world we live in today. Well, you still have a platform. You're sus. You're suspect. I see it. I see it. I see the
0: list. It's ridiculous. But uh, let's end on, on on that last thing you said about sure. Tucker about Trump, because I see people out there, and they can say what they want. But I, I, what they have done to Donald Trump is so disgusting and despicable. And the entire is. world is watching this in in horror. You know, he's going mm-hmm. into these courts. The judge is laughing at him. Letitia James. We find out this stuff about Fannie Wells. I mean, this is such a hit job on such a level. There are no. These are not real crimes. First of all. Uh, But honestly, what it has done to his children and his family and his business and all of that, it's 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 gut wrenching. And I don't care how much you hate Donald Trump or think whatever you think. Nobody should have gone through this. So when people are acting as if this hasn't changed him, because I'm seeing out people out there. Oh, well, he did this and he did that and he did this. Well, now he looks at what he's what has happened to him over the last three years. I happen to know. And he's looking at things a lot differently. And for people to think that he's not a human being that changes right. is is insane to me. So your thoughts? Uh, we'll finish on this on on Donald Trump, where he is, what's happening, and do you see him? Uh, what do you see for him? Because there's there's multiple things that could happen here, but I see yeah. a lot more people um, not realizing that any person that would go through what he's gone through in the last two or three years would be changed no matter what.
1: I agreed. Uh, Agreed completely. And, you know, I give Trump a hard time. I'm not, and, and because I want him to be better. Yeah. Right. So I want him to up his game. I I desperately want Donald Trump to up his game, like at every level, like over the one that we saw when he was in the White House. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. And, and it comes, my criticisms of Donald Trump and I have been accused by, by, oh, you're just got TDS and blah, blah, blah. No, I want Trump to up his game. And I also happen to know, like it or not, that when I speak on these issues, it filters up to Donald Trump. Because I've seen it happen before. So, by the way, dude, up your game. The country is like? in a mess. What is that a mess? Like? Is that a mess like? And we know what's going on. And like? he knows what's going on. So, absolutely. Like, um, the scenarios are as follows. Trump's going to win the primaries. And uh, then... They're trying to they're 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 the positioning who they want for second place so that when they take him off. The, so if they get the opportunity to take him off the board, they can then roll all of his um, um, support. Uh, what, are you, what, what, what are they earning delegates to the second person, which in this case is going to be, of course, Nikki Haley. Right. It's the worst thing um, that could happen and, to our country. Of course. Rand, Nikki Haley is 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 Nimrata is a very bad person and. I'm going to leave it at that. Right. If they can, don't get the opportunity to take out Trump for whatever reason, and this gets down, now gets down into, you know, the state of the quote unquote counter revolution here in the United States. Right. Then, um, Trump makes it through the election. He'll win in a walk. There's no way that, that big Mike, Gavin Grusom, dementia, Hitler, cackling Kamala Harris, or any of the, they have any chance against Donald Trump in this environment. Right. People understand. Especially after what's going to happen between now and the end, uh, now in exactly. the election, when they when they go literally and and ramp all of the violence and all of the crazy to eleven, then he's going to win. They'll try and saddle him with another Mike Pence. They'll try and saddle him with Nikki Haley, which makes no sense because who's going to win South Carolina anyway, right? She makes no sense for him. That's my that's that's my scenario. That, that that's my flowchart
0: yeah Donald I, uh, Trump is not going
1: to be allowed to take office in 2025 and if he does, I will be the happiest person in the world to have been wrong yeah yeah my ego can my ego can survive being wrong on this it's yeah. okay
0: yeah and I just wanna you know for me uh I obviously do believe that Trump I do hope that that happens, Uh, but, um, you know, I really I I also do believe that he needs to answer some questions uh, that even though I do believe he will win the primary and that he will be the nominee Um, at that point, I do hope to hear some answers. And I think that they at this point with everything they've done to him, just tell the truth what happened during covid behind the scenes. Just tell us (laughs) just just tell us what happened and and uh, that would go a long way but i honestly think that they they really messed up in terms of the the border because what i am seeing is the black community is the most angry about not just that the blm and dis- and the defund the police and all that hurt their their families the most and the dei is actually hurting them more than helping them on a grand scale in the long run but that this open borders is hurting that community. It's hurting the legal immigrant community. There's a lot more support I believe that will be coming his way because of their mistakes. So uh, I hope that you are uh, wrong uh, and that, that happens because, but I do, I do really want to know who's going to, I cannot look back and see Bill Barr and even Pompeo and Pence and the guy with the mustache, the big neocon, like, Whoever's bringing people into that administration, if he does win, uh, has to be somebody completely different. And I feel like we should all get to vote on everyone that's in the administration. (laughs)
1: Well, I I just think we're going to have a much different Senate in 2025 than we did in 2017. And for that reason alone, because people like Leahy are gone. McConnell's going to if if Trump wins, McConnell's going to retire. All these people are going to retire. They're all going to be they're all going to be handed manila envelopes and, and 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 resignation speeches. Yeah, like that's if he wins and he makes it to, and, and he secured the inauguration and he's not going to get assassinated, telling you that the these things will all be signposts that this is what's this is what's going to happen in 2025. Yeah. I'm not sanguine about any of that. OK, right. I'm not putting high probability on any of this. But if but these are the signposts to look for to raise your probability of these things changing as time goes along. One last thing before we go, Mel. Um, I have it on very good uh, authority, not authority, but just I've had a lot of people trying to explain to me the the situation, the, the, the link between the pro-Palestinian movement here in the U.S. And what's going on in Gaza and why it, I, now it finally, while you're talking, it finally hit me. The whole purpose of chinning up this conflict the way Israel did was to get the black community outraged at what's going on and to to drift them away from back away from the gop and then allow biden to come back to a pro-palestinian position because they're trying to get the black vote back here because there's a very very strong relationship between the black community and the palestinian movement and i didn't i wasn't sensitive to this at all up until about three or four days ago i had people explaining this to me behind the scenes i'm like oh Oh, so this. It also is, happens to, to get, be the same money. Get, they're trying to get the blackmail vote back onto the. But Democrat it's the side.
0: same money that's funding BLM. That because I, I have a lot of information of that uh, not not just the ceasefire now, but in February, March, expect a BLM uh, situation similar to BLM that's going to be demand citizenship. So it's the same that group. Our, the, the, right. the the color revolutionary funders uh, will be funding that too. So it doesn't that doesn't surprise me. What you're saying seem is very uh, interesting and seems like that's yeah no it, it's very and real. the good
1: news about that is that they're spending a lot more of their capital this time than our capital. Because exactly. they're having to do it at five and a half to six percent interest, as opposed to with with zero percent money. Exactly, and that's a very important point. There's is. a finite amount that they can they can finance. Right. You know, they have to pick their targets much more carefully than they have in the past. Oh, that's a great. Well, I think it's time. To, I think it's I think that's yeah. a good place to end. You've got Alex on the hook, so we should yeah. get going. Thank
0: you so much, sir. Have a great day.
1: Bye bye. You too. Take care now. Bye bye.
0: I don't know about you, but I feel a lot better being prepared for whatever's coming. Every day I hear something new. Something's coming from the CDC. Something's coming from the FDA. Who's trying to take over our healthcare system? All this craziness, and what I know is that one man really changed my life, how I look at everything that's happening to me health-wise, and that was Dr. Zelenko. He was a good friend of mine, a good friend of the show. And he came up with the most amazing product. Z-Stack has been a game changer for us. We have not been sick since we've been on it. We take it regularly. If we feel like we're coming down with something, we'll double up. But he has all new products over at the website. God rest his soul. He did not leave us unprepared. And that is very important for you to prepare. So he's got Z-Shield. He's got a Kid Z-Stack, which is awesome. He's got Z-Flu, Z-Detox. He's got all kinds of things. He always said to me, your, re- your immune system must be clean, resilient, and resistant. This matters the most. And what I can say on top of that is that he supported me. He supported free speech. He supported medical freedom. He supported personal liberty and everything that I believe in, he believed in. He inspired me to be myself, to speak up, to speak out. And what matters is that you are feeling healthy, whole, clean, clear, focused and that your immune system is protected from anything that comes our way. And Z-Stack is the best way to do that. Please stock up on Z-Stack. Go to TheMelKShow.com, go to our partners page, goes down to Z-Stack, that also supports the show. When you buy from our partners, these great people, especially Dr. Zelenko, who's dear to me, you are supporting the show and keeping us going. And I know that truth, freedom, and the First Amendment matter to you. They mattered to him, they mattered to me. So make sure you're always healthy, you're always out there, you're always standing up. Be brave, courage is contagious, The narrative is falling apart, but as it does, there's so much of this fraudulent disinformation misinformation censorship coming from the globalists and what we need to do is be focused on the facts cut through everything be discerning and get it first and foremost out there to everyone it is important that you know what is going on censorship is getting nuts you guys know it there's accounts all over the place that are fake that are not me i know you guys send me emails and i really appreciate it and you report it and it's on telegram and instagram and twitter and they're not me So I'm super excited to announce We The People with Mel K. Be the first to join. It's a VIP community, just you and me behind a paywall, no trolls, no nothing. We get to know each other. I will give you the facts first. I break a lot of stories a long time before other people. We can talk about past, present, future, history, what we're doing now, solutions for going forward, what 2024 is gonna look like. I'm going to do breaking news, do a lot of deep dives. I'm going to bring that information to you guys first in a live Q and A every week. So please click the link below and join me over there. We are going to create a community, a community that is censorship proof. It's cancel proof. It's truth. It's transparency. It's on the road to God, country, justice, everything that we want in one place. This is the most incredible, amazing time to be alive. As hard as it seems and as difficult as the battle has been for you guys and definitely for me, all I know is that we all are part of the solution. We are all involved and invested and you guys have the passion that I have. So let's join together on live Q and A's once a week with me, Mel Kay, we the people of the United States taking back this nation. This is so exciting guys. I've been dying to do this and we finally got the technology right. So please join me, click the link below. Can't wait to get started.